Are you happy? No, I feel sick. After you started this big old fight? I feel sick to my fucking stomach. You... I'd like to take the company card and go get a pregnancy test. You're pregnant? No. Is that how you're announcing that you're pregnant to me? (laughs) No, but the way I've been craving canned fish and the way that you make me sick. I thought this was going to be like nice and relaxed because I spoke to Lizzie yesterday and she's like, have you ever taken a weekend off? That's what I did this weekend, and I am so happy. I was so happy, and now it's the mon- it's Monday, so it's like that joy's gone. Well, we don't bring it. that energy to me. This is a fun job. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> You're being nasty. I just, I sorry, that like mic cover is so aggressively large. Yeah, what the fuck? Large. This is big, right? This it's, isn't what it normally is. You got Shane's mic. Like, Shane will not podcast oh! without that mic. What's up with that, Shane? I don't know. <laughs> this is crazy. Okay, do you want to like... What do I do? Do I just keep it on? Yes, you have to keep it on. It's the popper thing. The popper? I'm not an audio Are you trying to do poppers? It's fucking 8 a.m. on a Monday, bro. Isn't that a gay thing? <laughs> yeah, it is gay. It seems super gay that you want to do that. It super gay that you tried to get me to do poppers to open this butthole up. <laughs> or is it super straight? Is that what it does? I it like know, relaxes dude. the butt muscles to make something bigger go in easier? <laughs> you tell me. Wow. Have you done poppers? No, but now I'm considering, Chris. Have you done poppers, Chris? I have not. I'm terrified of drugs. I don't do drugs. I mean, are poppers <laughs> are they, like are really they drugs? drugs? I'm, I, aren't they kind of? Okay, Google two things. Are poppers drugs? Yeah. And what are they utilized for? And in <laughs> Me the meantime... this morning being like, these people on the internet are so dumb. Are poppers drugs? And <laughs> do they loosen your butthole? I know, Lizzie walks into my house and she's like, these people on this podcast didn't whoa, know anything whoa, 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 about whoa, whoa, whoa. anything. I'm not I giving... kept it vague. I said I was hating on people on the internet. And I said, and you're specifying it to a, a podcast. Degree. Everyone in their fucking mom has a podcast. Literally, I wouldn't it's be surprised Pacific. if our moms it's have a podcast. Pacific. Pacific. Okay. So poppers are drugs. Um, uh, they're an inhalant drug, yeah. um, and they the products cause blood vessel dilation and muscle relaxation, and are used for sexual enhancement. So it does loosen a butthole. And all this so. time, I was super annoyed when I had grinder hookups that would be like, "Hold on, gotta do my." poppers damn <laughs> it was awful it's like so you're it because it just felt to me like you know the like if you have friends that have to get smoke, drunk to hang out or smoke pot to eat with you oh. like if we're going to breakfast and yeah. they have to like you have to sit and wait that, for them to smoke a bowl before we can eat breakfast it felt the same to me it's like you can't have sex without the popper yeah i get you <sighs> <sighs> that's so, the other thing that's been bothering me about some of these podcasts all these kids are talking about their social anxiety and how they need to get fucked up to do anything and then they have a podcast where they're all blacked out drunk and nobody says anything so now you're exposing yourself after getting mad at me for no, talking i'm just gonna go deeper down the podcast. rabbit hole you've already exposed so, that it's all podcasts well, no, okay it's all podcasts but your whole thing was like talking about it's how like, these people didn't know anything on the podcast and i was like lizzie have you ever tuned into our podcast like well, we can't we can't <laughs> we know nothing as well the difference is we're sober so there's no excuse for our stupidity Speak for yourself are you on a popper right now? Could be. Wish you were. <laughs> you Loosen go you get up. Pregnant? It's fucking tight ass. No, I don't <laughs> Thank want you. Pregnant. I don't want your fucking popper babies. <laughs> Hello, you guys. Welcome, Welcome to- back to another episode of The Sip. <laughs> I'm Ryland Adams, of course, joined by... Lizzie Gordon. Hello, hello. Hi. Where do we go from there? Where do we go <laughs> from here? Okay. Joe's... I saw Cocaine Bear. <laughs> Did I ruin the through line? Yeah, you uh, always do. It's okay. okay. <laughs> well, rewind. Um, have you seen Cocaine Bear, Chris? Yes. What was your vibe? Um, my vibe was O'Shea Jackson Jr. is very attractive. Did you like laugh at all? <laughs> no, I mean I did. It wasn't as funny or crazy as I wanted it to be. It wasn't funny. I um, like sat there and I my main vibe was like, 
I could leave right now. <laughs> and I hated that I felt My... that way because I want to love Elizabeth Banks, but I like the whole time I was yeah. like, I could leave. And Joe was like, dead ass asleep. <laughs> dead ass asleep. <laughs> Snoring like an old fucking man. And I was just, and that made me laugh. <laughs> but I was like, baby. And he was like, is that snoring? Was I snoring? Could the people next to you hear the snoring? I don't think there was anyone there. It was fucking noon on a Tuesday. That's the time to go to a movie. That's when I go. It's only $5 at AMC. I hit up that new Topanga theater, Chris, that AMC in the Topanga Mall. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is gorgeous. But I do have a complaint about the seats. They don't recline far enough. Oh. Oh, I actually agree. Like, I was like, this is the most beautiful theater I've ever been in. It must have cost millions and millions of dollars to Mm -hmm. create. But then, like, with my back issue, which I'm not going to talk about. But... (laughs) It like didn't recline enough, so I think it like put me into a regression because I was like stuck between like all the way up and, and all not the way down. down. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck?" But I saw Scream. I saw Scream by myself. <laughs> I also saw Scream. Did you have a marathon leading up to like you had planned, Chris? <sighs> I wanted to. I ended up not having time, but I rewatched the first one, and that's it. That's all I had time for. <laughs> Did you go by yourself? No, I oh, went my boyfriend. Okay. I went by myself. Like it? I asked Ryland if he wanted to go with me, and he said, eat your own ass, you <laughs> nasty loser bitch. Hopefully you eat poppers I'm going with my fucking that. friends, and you're not one of them. I and I was like, okay. No, if there's ever a date I have to go to with Shane, it's going to the Scream movie, and he bought tickets for opening night months and months ago. So really, my beef's with Shane. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. I had a great time. I was... To be honest, severely disappointed. Spoilers ahead. We're what? Gonna, yeah, we're going to spoil this movie. What? We're going to spoil this movie. No, so I don't you, want people clicking out of our podcast right Don't now. click out, but just go forward. We'll put a little timestamp and we'll tell you when to go. <sighs> people do this all the time. Okay, fine. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I knew who it was the moment Quinn was like, my brother's dead. I was like, okay, so oh. it's Richie's fucking sister, and and then her dad's the police chief. It's like, and he's in on it, and like even when they took us to the killers, and I was like, well, obviously her dad could have access to all of this evidence because he's a police officer. You didn't think for a second it might have been Hayden? No, not for one second <laughs> did I think it was Hayden. I also felt like, why resuscitate that character? And give uh, Hayden a job, let her live. Yeah, but like they could have given Hayden like a. This character was weak and the movie would have survived without her, which makes it like an annoying addition. Do you know what I mean? Like when there's characters just thrown in like the third brother, like I don't give a fuck about Ethan, bro. It's not like I got wet over the fact that this is there's three killers. Oh, my God. I thought it was much better than the first iteration of this new round of Scream movies. I was much more entertained. Like, yes, maybe it was more obvious who the killers were, but I thought the shots were good. I liked more of the interaction. I don't think it's as fast moving as the previous like original Scream movies. Like all the reviewers are like, it's crazy. It's back to back action. And I'm like, there is a lot of action, but there's still like a lot of emotional we're sitting and being emotional i feel like completely different than what you just said i felt like the direction was weak as fuck and in the first reboot of this whole series like uh franchise the the direction of it was so specifically nuanced that some of the camera movement was a joke in and of itself that made me laugh and in this one it felt like everything was kind of rushed and not really well choreographed the fights felt poorly choreographed and the direction showed that to me 
I didn't like feel the that scene way. where oh my god the fucking fight sequence in Courtney Cox's apartment was a sick joke I loved it when the when the, <laughs> when the two kids are uh, when the sisters are running to get into the cop guy's car he's just standing out there like no wait like don't get in that car like they're moving like this fast and he's like would don't take my car like he's like stuck in jello like all of it all of the choreography felt whack to me and even in just simple exchanges like that all of it was just like what the fucking twins just getting held he's beefy as fuck and he's being held by like the scrawny version and the fucking little sister and he's just like run okay chris run. what did you think stupid I also have one more hot take on it. I feel like these remake episode, these remake versions of the movies are more of like a stab film than a scream film. And I was talking to Shane about this because I also knew that it was the sister and the dad because I was like, oh, this is following the set, the original second scream movies formula, which is it's the mother and a psycho film student of the original killers right so it's all in the family but i did think i think that there's an interesting like pattern now going on where it's like these reboot films are sort of stab versions of the original scream mm -hmm. christopher i loved it i liked it too <laughs> i thought it was an enjoy like without like critiquing like so in the nitty-gritty like as an audience member i enjoyed sitting down and i enjoyed the ride like i enjoyed myself which is i think the goal when you're going to see a movie. I, I saw it at a packed theater in Burbank with my boyfriend and my one of my best friends, and the whole theater was clapping, and we loved oh, it. Oh God! We don't don't really get me started time. on going to a movie theater. I <laughs> couldn't be more annoyed by moviegoers. <laughs> I like I like the camaraderie of a crowd that's all excited for the film. Yeah, I do too. But it was like there was a, a girl behind me screaming, like like not like scared screaming mm -hmm. like screaming her opinions then there was the guy next to me like over laughing at everything that didn't need to be laughed at yeah and i'm like can you guys just shut the fuck up like if there's a good moment i agree it's like fun yeah to experience it together but then it's like the other side of us like eating loud the whole time and you're just like this is why we want to watch things at home for things that are even made for movie theaters yeah but, but I loved it. I don't know. I, I like I, the change of scenery. I liked the. I thought it was very fun. I was never bored. I don't know. I had a really good time. I would be excited if they sort of brought it back to the original, uh, the original like core, like foundation of the film, which is this is sort of like a parody of this type of movie. And I think it would be really cool if it could get back to those sort of roots. But now it's so deeply ingrained in its own mythology and it's, weird need for these obscene twists and turns that it's like predictable right they lucked out with having jenna ortega become a huge well, star they lucked out with jenna ortega being she, hugely talented oh my god she is so good i She's believe so good. like we left and that was my first thing i told shane is yeah. like i believe her in everything like yeah i didn't she, give a fuck about wednesday i love jenna ortega in it and i have a theory that nobody would like the show wednesday if jenna ortega was not in it <laughs> i couldn't i tried but it's just not for me it's, i watched as many episodes as i did because of jenna ortega and after the fact i'm just like i don't give a fuck about this shit she's so 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 good yeah. and like from wednesday she did become this like overnight star even though she's been working since she was a child mm -hmm. but it is crazy that now she like scream has her in this franchise before that oh hit they're off. so lucky and they have uh the biggest opening weekend they've ever had for a scream movie yeah there'll be a third yep and then hopefully they'll change i also think it's it. wild that fucking dawson from dawson's creek who wanted to be like a filmmaker is now writing the scream movies doesn't that seem crazy he is yeah james vanderbeek 
right? I thought it was the guy that, that. Di- directed Ready or Not. Is it James Vanderbeek or James? No, it's no. Not. Look it up. Look up the screenplay writer. <laughs> look it up, Christopher. I'm looking. I'm looking. Um, James Vanderbeek. Oh, weird. Why are you being so mean? <laughs> Why are you being mean? Telling I'm me not, I'm wrong. Well, because I didn't. I thought it was the people that made Ready or Not. Those are the directors. I thought he wrote and directed it. I think that there's a few people who worked on the writing of it, but I know that James has been credited for the past two as a writer. Okay. But I also think it's so funny. Like Dawson's ambition was to be a filmmaker, and now Dawson's writing the Scream movies, which were like huge movies when Dawson's Creek was out. Right. Meta. I'll circle back to him later. Okay, people need to say no. Oh, yeah. I think um, this is not about Scream. But another hot take is I feel like our generation has turned into ghosters where they need to say no and it's okay to say no and it's fucking rude to ghost. Oh, so you're saying don't ghost. I'm saying don't ghost. I'm saying if somebody asks you to do something and you do not want to do it, say I cannot do it. Respond. (laughs) Grow the fuck up. Say no. So annoying. Motherfuckers out here just being like, I'm just not going to respond. So what happened to you? I've just noticed like a few times I've talked to people about doing things and they're like, oh, yeah. You don't mean that. Don't say it. Don't say yeah. Because that's a green light to go, motherfucker. And I do shit. So if you say yeah to me, I'm going to start working on something. And if you don't mean yeah, don't fucking say it. Say no. And so I like I've, I've just been thinking about a few projects that I've started over the like the past couple of weeks or years or whatever. And people are like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And they don't mean it. Yeah, I guess it does take that's fucking rude you to be in a certain place in your own personal growth to be able to say no. So or, or like that sounds like so much fun. I'm unavailable. I know, but they're saying no to somebody also comes with feeling like you're hurting somebody's feelings. Because I'm more hurt when you say, oh, yeah. And I, then you stop responding we're on for the nine same months. Team. I will kill these people. <laughs> <laughs> we need a happy story for you. You're mad about Scream. You're mad about this. We need you to like take a deep no, breath. No, and look at the rest of this document. It's oh fucking my bad. Gosh. James Vanderbilt, not an actor. Are you sure? Look it up. I did. After you were so crazy rude no, to me I'm just No, I'm positive. Because he goes on Brady Sinellis all the time. See, it is the guy from Ready or Not. I love being right. Wait. Well, he acted what? uncredited in Ready or Not. But the directors did not write it. Because I rem- the directors of Ready or Not are the guys that took on Scream, right? Because yes. Shane and I were yes. very excited because we liked Ready or Not a lot. Yes. Wait, are we sure, though? <laughs> Get me a picture. I think you- his name is Vanderbilt, and I think it's really close. Well, will you Google the writer? Because I've loved this for years. Yeah. And will you Google image the writer? Yeah. And then are you are you gonna give me like a formal apology? Because yeah, it so was sorry. really nasty the way that you I'm so sorry. You were like okay. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Honestly, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, let's continue I've loved your rage. That. No, let's not. Oh wow. he's hideous. <laughs> that could never be fodder for fucking teenage dream fantasy. <laughs> At least you're big enough to own up to your mistakes. But his oh, name I am. is so close. <laughs> I well, I was also saying Vanderbeek, right? Vanderbilt? Yeah, Are I they did. different names? I, yeah. Because other James is also a screenplay writer. Because he's been on the Brady Sinellis podcast a multitude of times, which is why it was fine for my brain to make that connection. <laughs> and the names are so close. Damn, I'm devastated. I just feel great because it was real aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to take my apology back because you're a gloating ass bitch. I'm so sorry. 
So sorry that I don't feel as sorry as I once did. <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by ZocDoc, and there's nothing worse than going to a doctor's appointment expecting to be the center of attention, and then your doctor seems like they have better things to do and better places to be. But on ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. I can tell you firsthand, when you're not feeling your best and you're trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all of your energy, and that's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. You can book an appointment with just a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. I actually used ZocDoc when I threw out my back and I was in so much pain and I was like, I just need a good doctor. It's amazing to see what doctors are right by you who have immediate availability and you can see real patient reviews. So go to ZocDoc.com slash the sip and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZOC doc.com slash the sip zocdoc.com slash the sip okay shane and i went on a date night uh-huh in the midst of me being like a grumpy boy i was like well there's this new steakhouse by the creators of mastros which is like we love going to shane proposed at a mastros in mm-hmm. malibu and it's called steak 48 so we had a little date night Cute. we lived it up awesome. i had my first drink in 40 days oh my God. i was 40 days sober only because i was on my health journey right. which then fucking backfired on me because of yeah. my back yeah can you imagine trying to like be all fit and healthy yeah and then it's like you're rewarded with getting injured yeah okay great for me (laughs) i'm sorry steak 48 was great what is it just steak 48 no. steaks. <laughs> steaks and 48 sides. What is it? Well, remember, we still have to go to st- uh, STK. Like I know. The I've given up steakhouses. on that dream. <laughs> I can only beg for so long. Have you go, yeah, and then ghost me. I've, I follow through on things. Then why have I not been to steak? STK. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Now I'm warm, too. <sighs> oh, I got an annoying email. Who? What is it? Should we read it? through the email what's it about well <laughs> we're in the process which is really dark of making well shane already has his will i'm mm-hmm. trying to make my will i don't think it's dark i think it's people often don't do these like housekeeping things and then they're dead <laughs> and there's no one left to do these housekeeping things so i think it's important no matter what age you are just to get your fucking fares in order well, i don't feel comfortable talking about it because we're flying soon and like You're so wild. where this connects is like i just I'm too superstitious for this. Uh, yeah, let's not manifest anything on this podcast, but we can definitely talk about how my fake net worth dropped. <laughs> what? I used to have a fake net worth of three million dollars. Wow, and you're now, rich. I no, and I like I was like, oh, I love this for me. Like I hope my enemies like Google it <laughs> and think like, oh damn, you know, they don't know. They don't know the truth. <laughs> and then I this like came up when I was at my friend Kate's baby's birthday this weekend, and I was like, oh yeah, like my fake net worth is three million dollars. And they like googled it and it's not anymore what is it now like eight hundred thousand. Oh my gosh do you think like being more visible on this podcast they're like there's no way yeah i do <laughs> so this is gonna be my last time on the set they were like when you were <laughs> go mysterious- ahead and bring chris's ass up into this seat let's watch his network his fake net worth drop <laughs> i was such a weird slap in the face too because none of it's true or real and it like i would be so blessed to be worth 800 million or eight hundred thousand. And I'm upset about it. <laughs> I bet your wiki feet score dropped at the same time. Oh, it's been down. No Whatever. one gives a fuck about my wiki feet Did anymore. You... Since we went to like a single frame, no one sees my feet on the internet. <laughs> oh, it's hard for you. Yeah. This whole podcast is really like ruining a lot of stuff for me, publicly speaking. <laughs> 
Okay, so you canceled your like weekend getaway in San oh, yeah. Diego? Well, Joe and I were going to go and stay at an Airbnb for the weekend to go to my friend Kate's baby's birthday. Okay. And then it was all rainy and shit. So I was like, well, let's not. Why would we spend the money if we can't do anything? Like it was goofy. This weather is nuts here. Yeah. So I went by myself. I drove in for the day and drove out at the night. You're doing a lot by yourself lately. Ain't that the truth? And you have so many friends. Crazy. Wait. So many friends to just say, yeah. Why were there 500 babies where you were? Because it was a fucking baby's birthday party. All of those girls. They know that many babies? Yeah. All the women, all of my friends' friends have kids. And they're all little girls. So there was like 10 fucking little girls there from like oldest was three years old. And they're so fucking cute and really wild. And so does it honestly make you more want to have kids or less want to have kids i think that's a really interesting question keep asking questions like keep being inquisitive (laughs) so i have been having a lot of anxiety about it where it's like i have some friends who have kids and they're like oh liz i got home and i thought what the fuck have i done and i'm like oh shit and then like i just keep hearing that echoed by more and more people like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck like i like love my baby but like sometimes i don't like my baby and i'm just like oh fuck and it's like i've been around a lot of these babies and like honestly i love all of them like scream crying is awful (laughs) scream crying is awful sleep training is awful feeding them is awful like breastfeeding is awful you get physically emotional when your milk lets down like in a psychotic way that you can't control because it's all hormonal from a time when women needed to be told by nature to feed their babies so that they wouldn't like it's it's crazy i'm definitely gonna have postpartum rage and depression and anxiety and ocd like all of these things go with having a baby and then after it's a baby it's a fucking toddler and that to me is a massive fucking nightmare See, but i was also I sitting in the midst of this I don't think you've been around it. <laughs> no, I mean, yes. I. When's the last time you spent an hour with a toddler? <laughs> Tell me. Not for a minute. Right. So as I had three dangling from my neck this weekend, <laughs> pulling my fucking hair and screaming in every corner of the house, I literally thought to myself like, wow, maybe I don't want this. Well, yeah. And then another mom was like, oh, yeah, my life's over. My life's absolutely over. And then another mom has her daughter like yanking on her leg. She goes, anytime I try to have a conversation, it's like it could be, she can be totally content. I have set her up with something like she has everything that she needs in the world. And she just fucking needs me. She just fucking needs me the second I try to have a conversation about anything that's not her. And it's like I'm seeing these people. <laughs> And I'm and like I get back to my friend's house after it was all said and done, and I was like, bro, like, should I not do this? I'm having a glass of fake red wine, and her husband was like, no, you should absolutely do it. He's like, I love being a father so fucking much, and when people say your life is over, it's like if you really think about it, it was changing anyway. Your, your life is not you knew over. It was over. Yeah, your life is ev- your life's not over. Your life evolves. He's like, and you can still. He's like, I was so fucking scared because everyone told me my life was over. I would get like. My mother-in-law was sending me articles about how, like, people who used to do the things that I'm passionate about gave up on those passions and, like, all these things. Like, he's like, I'm, that scared the shit out of me. I don't want to give up what I'm passionate about. I guess I'm delusional in thinking, like, my life's going to get better in all aspects from having children. I think that is toxic positivity because (laughs) you're putting a lot of pressure on a human to make your, you know what I mean? No, no, no. no. It's not on them. I'm saying... Because of the demand of more responsibility for me, because I have uh, less time to fixate on things that I don't need to be fixating on because I have to keep this thing alive. Mm -hmm. Um, I just I feel like it would make me a better rounded person, not dependent on how they're interacting or being with me. Interesting. 
like you think your baby will run you down so you're you don't get crazy about and also instances. bring me uh fulfillment in taking oh yeah, I care was, yeah. Of, like in all aspects i think yeah that's one that's an interesting way to look and at a it fuller life like yeah i well that's what i think too so and that's what they were saying they're like do you really want to keep going on bar crawls every weekend do you really want to stay locked in this chapter of your life as opposed to like progressing and expanding and watching what the evolution of it all is and i was like oh no you're right like i do want that like my, i have fantasies that i laugh at as if it's a picture i've already seen yeah. of joe and our child being fucking stupid like so i think the answer is yes i still want it and while i was sitting there i was like oh this is so fun and then the moms were like i fuck hate it here <laughs> and i was like what and then it's also like but i don't drink anyway <sighs> i won't miss the drinking yeah yeah so the answer is yeah i still want a kid all right i'm excited for us yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> i also think you should spend some time with a toddler just so your shit's not gonna not change anything no it won't but it'll be like this is what's coming right. <laughs> it's like instead of going directly into like scuba diving you practice in a pool first you know what i mean so when that comes you're not just like well maybe some of my rocked. friends would start having kids hello you're hello. going before me though i know okay why do you care more about what oh i care more about alex earl's spring break in nashville than i give a fuck about the oscars who's alex earl oh my god we're just gonna move on you also wrote <laughs> alice earl so i don't even know if you know who you're talking about i do but it's like i'm writing with it highlighted in black because i don't know how to change it so to be fair everything i wrote I here i didn't see this document like god bless lizzie <laughs> she does help prepare this document and she produces a lot of this show but then i like go to open it to organize it because it's never organized so i looked at it yesterday and it's like all black text with black highlighter so it's like big black boxes and i don't know how i did it and it's then it's like so i can't undo it there's hot topics and top of show everything else is like highlighted it's like yellow. it looks like a redacted cia document and it's like i so appreciate like putting in the hard work but then it takes me 30 minutes to like arrange it so that we can actually execute. how do you think i feel writing a whole document i can't see <laughs> stupid open your fucking computer and look at it I, i'm not gonna open my computer while i'm in i do this in bed every morning okay uh i couldn't stop I like yeah for some reason I couldn't care about the Oscars this year no I just kept watching million dollar listing LA which is something I just discovered I, 14 seasons later yeah I just like honestly it was like ah. and I went and I recorded it because I was like oh I'll scroll through it and when I see like a face of somebody I like I'll stop didn't even do that right because he hates Jamie Lee Curtis I don't hate Jamie Lee Curtis I think then let's have her on the pod <laughs> great Go for it. I'll go get it. She her. won, right? Yeah, she won for Best Supporting Actress Good in a for her. major motion I've still picture. never seen everything everywhere all at once. I I took a big nap in the middle of it and came back at the end and was found it riveting and was super moved and have never turned it back on to start it. All again. I know is people say it's crazy how everything and nothing matters. Some say it's crazy. So is that the message of the movie? Am I good? Yeah, you did it. Okay. <laughs> Something about bagels and spaghetti I won and an hot Oscar. dog fingers. I won an Oscar. You won an Oscar. I did it. Play the thing. I know it. I want to thank Dawson from Dawson's Creek, who worked tirelessly in high school so that one day he could write Scream, only to have the credit revoked by Ryland Adams on the set. All right, let's get to some hot topics. It's crazy that you man manifested James Vanderbeek for me. <laughs> Because that's where we're going right now. Why? What do you do? Well, let's get to this first story and I'll circle well, back Well, then that's not where we're going right now. It is where we're going right now. It all all roads lead to James. Okay. <laughs> uh, can I call him by his name. It's Dawson. Okay. All also, roads lead to does Dawson. Does Dawson have a first uh, first name? Or is his name Dawson Dawson? You know? Shane would know. 
Right. He's Dawson Creek's biggest fan. I know. Can you get... See, and I was texting with Shane about this, and I said that, and Shane didn't correct me. He just didn't want to get into what I had to get into with you, which he was like just said you it, being very But I wouldn't worse. have questioned him the way I questioned you. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Because he has like and a And that clear proves history. my point about when you were talking about the podcast hosts that don't know much. <laughs> I was like... Us. Dawson, Dawson Leary. Leary. Yeah, I knew that. Now you, that I see it. You did? Okay. So, okay. Hugh, did you watch the Hugh Grant interview? On I Red went Carpet? back and watched it after you told so, me about it. The only thing I saw from... What is it? I was going to say the Olympics. From the Oscars was Hugh Grant's on the red carpet getting interviewed by Ashley Graham. Uh And he could be... He couldn't be less interested. My heart was like literally breaking for her. Oh, it was awful. He was so... It was like he was mad at her personally. She's like, who are you wearing? He's like, I don't know, bitch. Well, he's... So she started and I get like... Her question was, what are you most excited to see? And it's like... Dot, yeah. dot. It's like, y- yes. So then she like realizes it wasn't a specific enough question. So she tries to recover and she's like, I mean, you know, a lot of the people nominated. Is there anyone that you're rooting for? She really tried to specify. He goes, no, no. And then <laughs> then she goes, well, you you know, you were in a big movie this year, Glass Onion. He's like, I was in it for three seconds. And then he goes, she goes, well, what are you wearing? And he's like, I don't know. Just my suit. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> I understand. I think like had a comedian been in Ashley's role, the comedian could have been like, hey, like would have handled it differently and they could have vibed back and forth. But it's not like this is a comedy red carpet. It's ABC before the Oscars. The Oscars is a very formal event. You know, you're walking the red carpet. And I know everyone has bad days. Like celebrities are people and they have bad days. But it's like if you're walking the Oscars red carpet and the host isn't giving you what you need, it's also a very hard job for that host to have, okay, there's a potential of 100 celebrities coming through. You need to prepare for all of them. Well, they're also wearing an earpiece and there's them. a bunch of people in a van somewhere being like, ask him about his wiener. <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean like, doing. give the woman a break. And it's like, he just kept shutting her down. So I like kept, like my heart kept breaking because I've been in this position so many times. Did you watch it at the end where he's handing the fucking microphone back? No, so I saw end, like a like, splice. She, okay, at the end, she's like, all right, well, I guess that's it. He's like, <laughs> like rolls his eyes and like does a whole little thing and then just sort of like slangs the fucking microphone back and he like walks away like. <laughs> oh and I think there was a part of him that thought he was being funny in addition to kind of being like, it was I like think he's this, over it. He, he was over it, but I think he just like, like, I don't know. It was just a bad scenario gone worse. Yeah. It was so cringy, so awful Oof. to watch. And it just reminded me, I did like a Toskers event. Like, is, what so, is that? It's like... Toskers? It's that like, sounds like, it's like le- sexy. It's <laughs> it's leading up to the Oscars about things that weren't nominated for Oscars. But it's like, I don't Toskers? know. It's like a joke award show thing. Why but, does it make me feel like tossers okay but james vanderbeek walked down this red carpet i had never seen dawson's creek there's a hundred celebrities and whoever stops i'm just and i don't i'm not working for this fancy outlet that has like an earpiece to be like this is what he's in this is what he's done oh and you didn't know he is and so i didn't know who he was and so i just start asking generic questions trying to find something to build on right but he was doing the same thing hugh grant was doing which was just like shutting shutting down. down or giving one answer words and then it's like how can i create a conversation with you from one word when you clearly know i don't know even though you're a huge deal and i understand that's annoying for the celebrity like right. it's frustrating do you but know it's what like, i would have said to him what what's it like 
being Dawson, who wanted to be a filmmaker, now in 2023, getting to write the Scream franchise films. Like, that's crazy, right? And then he would have done the same thing he did to me. And then he would have been like, I didn't write those. I'm like, yes, you did. And in my eyes, I was like, oh, he was so mean to me. But it's like, no, I was ill-informed and I didn't, I wasn't prepared. I didn't know. He wasn't being mean. It was probably like a hit to him as well. But me, if I were a celebrity going on a red carpet, I would assume just that like as an entertainer i'm gonna entertain Mm -hmm. if the host is doing a bad job it's my job to like make us both look great yeah you know what i mean yeah and so i know not everyone has the energy for that all the time do you remember what you said to him i tried watching it again with shane like years later but it was like cringe level 11 and i just had to like i (laughs) ran out i no i can't i can't go back to that i can't i can't (laughs) (laughs) not not without a popper i can't go back to that (laughs) That's so funny. Oh. Wait, what is Dawson's real name? James Vanderbeek? Uh, Built? Yeah, I think it's Beak. Do we just kill the other one? <laughs> Do we just have to get rid of the other one? <laughs> okay, Courtney Cox said she didn't realize she looked a little off when she went overboard with facial fillers and admitted that she messed up a lot. Crazy. <laughs> I also was looking at her and screaming and thinking the facelift was a bit too far. Well, she's dissolved the filler. And right. that's what she said. In 2017, after a lot of public scrutiny, she revealed that she had her fillers dissolved after realizing she didn't, quote, look right. Mm-hmm. And she was saying and talking about the evolution of this, just as like an actress in Hollywood, you like want to preserve how you're looking. Mm-hmm. And she said, the next thing you know, you're layered and layered and layered. And you have no idea because it's a gradual thing until mm-hmm. you go, oh, shit, that doesn't look right. And in pictures, it's even worse than real life yeah and i've definitely noticed that like i see a lot of people that are desperate to cling to a certain thing and i think we need to like normalize aging there was also an interesting like uh study of kim kardashian's doctored photos and the photos that fans take that aren't photoshopped Mm -hmm. and if kim hadn't been photoshopping the images on instagram for so heavily for so long we could watch her age in a graceful way but now when we see an image that a fan posts and it looks nothing like the woman she projects herself to be we're all like oh my god but it's like if it were just a more natural normal human thing it would be beautiful are we not seeing her age on the kardashians like how can she alter video um, well, it's like, you know, heavy makeup, bright lights, like all of those right. help, you yeah. know, all those things help. And then it's also like a filter on a camera. There's a camera filter that you can put in front of a lens. that's called like the fucking black magic or like Hollywood magic filter. And you can up the fucking ante on that shit. And it's like right. having and then a in blur post, you can color Correct. And yeah. you can do a lot of things. I, I understand how she got to where she got like yeah. every business person makes decisions based on their business. She's making decisions about her looks because her looks are her business. Mm-hmm. So from one degree, I like understand how she got there, mm-hmm. um, but it does suck. And it, yeah. I just think there's so much more longevity to a natural face. Like it's harder to book Courtney Cox for something because not every woman has that level of work done. So it's not a normal looking face. It's like Francis Francis McDormand works all the time because she looks like a person. And that's why like I have crow's feet and I don't love them. It's so you can win an Academy Award one day. I'm not going to alter them. The same reason I'm not going to alter my teeth just because like somebody in Hollywood's like, well, you need your teeth fixed. Or the dentist is like, oh, you need your teeth fixed. I'm like, well, no, that's something that's a defining characteristic of me. And if you're an actor, like you also want those nuanced things about your body that are real because you're portraying a character that you want people to relate to. Yeah. And nobody can relate to. I guess if you're a reality star, maybe 
it's different because you're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a fan of baby Botox. But it's also like looks, right? So there's different beauty standards for everything that you do. There's like the influencer, the Instagram influencer who has the huge fucking fake lips, the crazy BBL, like the titties and everything. Like that's one person's beauty standard. But there's like a beauty standard for like everyone. You yeah. Know? Hmm. James Vanderbeek versus James Vanderbilt. Right, but who is who is what I'm asking. James Vanderbeek is Dawson. Ah, got it. Okay. Vanderbeek? Yes. Okay. Um, Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne checked into rehab amid an existential crisis. Turns out last year when they got all those pictures of her being erratic and weird with no shoes on after Burning Man, she really was struggling. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Good for her. What I really appreciate about this article, did you read it? I watched, uh, I went straight to the video version. Oh, what's the video version? Her actual interview? Vogue did. I don't know if they included everything that's in the magazine, but it's like a seven minute sit down that's really beautifully done uh, with a Vogue editor and Kara being very honest and vulnerable. I mean, that's something I like about Kara. She's a no nonsense bitch and she's like, I'm going to tell it how I tell it. Mm -hmm. And what I really liked about what I read, I don't know if it's from the Vogue thing. So if it's something you haven't heard yet, I'm sorry, but it's... um, the what I read were these snippets of her saying like when I was younger and I would go through these phases of emotional discomfort or binge using substances I thought that there was an easy fix for it I thought I could go away for a weekend and come back cured I thought I could take a pill I thought I could talk to a therapist one day and all of a sudden I wouldn't have this problem Mm -hmm. and what I really appreciate about her emotional evolution is she's like I realize now that there is no cure for what I have it is a daily reprieve I have to work on this for the rest of my life and there and that is the answer to it and that's not a nightmare or a bummer it's like a blessing to come to that realization these are some of the things that i pulled from the interview as well she said can't run from things in your life because they'll always catch up to you and she said she does prefer the term healing over recovering because she said it does get better but you don't really recover you heal yeah um another point i thought was interesting is she said something along the lines of like they'll use her to be an advocate because she was very vocal about mental health in general and she said but then when the script flips and i was going through something uh they say bye and they don't want to deal with it they being like brands and brands people she's working with i'm assuming movies that she was slated to do it's just interesting because she's like when i'm talking about my mental health is like go get yours checked everything's good they want that from me but then when i'm struggling they want nothing yeah to do they're with like me. barrier in the backyard and she's like, that's just the business that we're in yeah and so i'm glad that she has seemingly found her footing she looks wonderful she showed up at the oscar i did see yeah. a, a picture from her at the oscars last night and i was like oh my gosh she looks incredible yeah what i've noticed is when a human being is out of sorts internally and emotionally it's like their insides are just a bunch of molecules or whatever just moving a little bit too fast and it's like it's an uncomfortable thing to be around Mm -hmm. but when a person is settled into their spirit and like acting out of love and kindness in all aspects of their life like there's like a calm that runs through their body and it's nice to be around them yeah and And i see that in her now like she's not doing the weird erratic like i'm gonna throw your sleeves up Megan the Stallion. And she said it took herself seeing Seeing. her being erratic in those paparazzi photos and videos that was really a breaking point for her because she said, I did have interventions of sorts and they didn't work or click for me. And she was like, I have this big, beautiful life, but that didn't match how I was feeling on the inside. She's like, I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for everything that I have, but it just uh, didn't line up. Oh, that's, is that your phone? 
Sorry. Um, oh no, it's okay. So I that, just good for her. Yeah, I know. I also think that it's really important to remember that addiction doesn't give a fuck who you are, doesn't give a fuck what your bank account looks like, where you came from, who your parents are, what your friends do, what you do. It will come and it will ravage you. And if you don't reckon with it, it there are only a few oper- like a few possibilities for the way the trajectory of your life. Mm. And it's you know death, institutionalization, or incarceration. Right. So deal with it. Don't run from it because it will always catch up to you. Thanks, Kara. Thanks, Kara. Getting spiritually right is much better than going to jail or dying. (laughs) She did say she also had her first sober Christmas and New Year's and it was the best she's ever had. I mean, in a long time. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I think about it all the time because I was a person who like when I lost alcohol, I fucking mourned it like a dead lover. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have. You get to fucking have alcohol and you don't even love it like I do. You fucking losers. It's hard when it's something that's so social and it's the only I saw somebody. One of the more than it's social it's my that was my lover but it is interesting too with alcohol like uh i think kyle richards from real housewives of beverly hills she's uh she's not drinking right now and like uh, that's what the show is like they drink get drunk and get in fights and she was like it's interesting she posted it like a story being like alcohol is the only like drug that people question you for not using yeah it's wild because it is something that like you do when you gather and Mm -hmm. even like at christmas or part it's just i really my heart goes out to like even you who like has to i mean you're farther along in your journey than maybe a lot of people struggling but it has to be very hard yeah i but the longer you stay the easier it becomes to appreciate your sobriety more because the love and like stability I have in my heart and like the answers that I have for my problems today are so much better like like I used to feel like a warm hug from alcohol and now when I think about it I feel like it's it was my abuser mm-hmm. and like what used wow, to feel really crazy. safe and comforting that I like literally I, I cried over the loss of alcohol like I was losing you or I was losing Joe but I think that's Uh, that highlights any toxic relationship you know like if you're in a toxic romantic relationship you're in it thinking like this is what's right like when things are right this is the warm hug and then you like from an eagle's perspective it's like no that was awful and toxic an eagle's perspective wow that's so poetic (laughs) patriotic i love how you said that um but yeah the the point being is like you like it's just like kids like one person's perspective is my life is over and another person's perspective is my life's just just begun um in lighter news dude avril lavigne fucking pulled the uno reverse card on mod sun and just was like we're done without really telling him i guess it seems that way she hasn't made a statement avril lavigne okay so avril lavigne and mod sun had been dating for like a year when he proposed to her in, in paris. paris like last for, last valentine's day i don't know the timeline but whatever and they were engaged and then at fashion week she premiered her new boyfriend tyga well i think they were also at no they were caught at nobu kissing as right, well right right and then they like she soft launched with a hard with a hard peck mm-hmm. yeah and then now they've most recently been in, at paris fashion week and now i guess Modson's was saying like oh it hurts because that's the place i proposed right and she i guess just decided it was a relationship that was no longer yeah Modson's representatives are like no one told him <laughs> like in Modson's mind he was still engaged are you sure well that's what Modson's team is saying 
you don't think I she think even there's broke, probably writing like, on the wall and it's not going well but then they both go their separate ways he's on tour she's in Paris Fashion Week I know but like do you think she broke up with him or do you think he because like one thing is like I'm blindsided because I was broken up with out of nowhere right. another thing is like I open my phone and see that my girl my fiance is kissing Tyga and I'm no longer in a relationship I mean all, then they're a little different they're both bizarre though like I was also <laughs> looking at a timeline of Avril Lavigne's relationships and she's been steady either engaged married or like on the brink of a proposal since 2003 wow maybe I'm exaggerating it's not 2003 even all those times where people were questioning her whereabouts somebody knew yeah, she was like, because some magazine did like a breakdown out of it. It's like she was with her guitarist. She was engaged to her guitarist. They broke up. Nine months later, she's engaged to this guy. She married this guy. They stay married. They get a divorce. She's then with this guy for a year. And then she's with this guy for a year. And then they're engaged. And then it's like, well, I hope she's found the one. I hope she's keeping all these rings. <laughs> like Drake out in these streets talking about, I got 48 engagement rings. And Avril's like, the fuck you do? <laughs> She fucking kills me. I also saw someone do a breakdown of like the, like it matters. That's the other thing that kills me so I think much. I saw this too. The Kardashian. The Kardashian tree. And it's like, but what are you saying? Like, you're just sort of explaining these relationships. Yeah. Like what? I was looking like, we too, know but that I'm fucking like, Black China has Tyga's baby. Like, we, we know, know that Travis is married to Courtney. Like, what are you saying? Sorry, I like swallowed my own spit. Uh, Do you want to get to these or should we jump to advice? Get into these? Yeah, those are links you put. Some bachelor thing and COVID. Oh my God. Yeah, okay. You couldn't read your own link? (laughs) Sorry. I I actually like can't see. Okay. I don't know why you act surprised that I continue to not be able to see. (laughs) There's a thing called contacts. I won't do it. They feel bad. Um, Okay. (laughs) So The Bachelor is crazy no it's not crazy it's super normal this season but the bachelor got covid for the first time a few weeks ago and so they're doing like ipad chats with this motherfucker oh, in you're watching bachelor a la 2020 yeah like we're okay. back to skype yeah it was awful oh. and so all the women are like oh no like we're so sorry like we hope you get well like we really hope you get well and then this girl Greer is trying to like identify with him and empathize with him so that he's like just to start a fucking conversation with an asshole on an iPad. Right. And she's like, you know, I'm a salesperson like you're a salesperson. And I got COVID during this last half of the fourth quarter. And it was just like being pulled out of that was just like such a bummer. So like I totally get what you're going through right now. And he goes, actually, dude, like I'm trying to find my wife. So this is a little bit different than sales. Like just instantly shits on her. And she's like, no I know like I'm not comparing like looking for a wife to a job I'm just saying I understand what the fuck do you think she's doing there yeah like she's there for a different reason yeah and he's like (laughs) he's like that's really like he's like that's insensitive and I don't like that you said that and so I just really want to clear the record on this and say that like finding my wife is more important than the fourth quarter of sales I feel like he deserves no one no he's such a piece of shit (laughs) I think he deserves a therapist wait 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 for it it's about to get worse she gets COVID and she's out of the game for two weeks And then when she gets out of quarantine and lockdown, she's like, I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy to go back on this journey of like finding love with you. She sits down with me and goes, yeah, when you had COVID, I just stopped caring. So I'm going to send you home right now. 
I think the girls should unite and walk. No, they're all like, we love him. We fucking love him. Is he great? No, none of these people are like, great. If paper. they were great, they wouldn't have to do The Bachelor to find fucking love. <laughs> well, they're on The Bachelor to find fucking fame. Yeah, they're all trying to get an Instagram following. And they're all acting like they're not. They're like, well, who's here for the right reasons? It's like the producers, because it's their job. <laughs> and are they there for the right reasons? I mean, they're there to get paid, but yeah. they're there to... No, it's dark. It's dark. It's dark. Yeah, but that killed me. I, so I had to tell you, because I'm like, could you imagine? This no. guy's like, I have COVID and it's different. And she's like, I had COVID and it was worse. <laughs> like he was barely symptomatic. He's like, I'm just so tired. Like, I'm just like, I'm tired. So they kept cutting to him in his hotel room, like reading the fucking menu. And be like, God, I'm just so fatigued. <laughs> and she's like, I was violently ill for 13 days. Like, couldn't leave my room. Couldn't stand up. Like, really sick in quarantine. Like, sad and alone. No one came to see me. Zach didn't check in on me. And then he sent me home. Like, fuck him, man. Okay, well, I'm about to pee my pants. But when oh, we no. come back. Advice, advice though. Wow. Can we break down just for two seconds? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Can, oh, you already hit unrecord? No. Do you and Chris want to talk about this story? Oh, I wanted to talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You guys have fun. What? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> no, it's fine. I wanted to tell you anyways, because I feel like you'd care more. Okay. You know Pablo Escobar? Yes. Okay. So he had like four hippos in a moat around his house before he was like snatched. Okay. And after he was snatched, they became wild. And there's no, like, predators for them in that area. So the four hippos turned into, like, 175 hippos with no known predators. And it's now, like, an invasive-ass species that they have to figure out how to get rid of. (laughs) But they, like, weigh a ton each. And it's, like, really hard to move 175,000 fucking thousand-pound hippos. It's actually amazing. It's not funny. I didn't even know he had four hippos. Dude, every Protecting. time I, you yeah, like every time I hear more about like what Pablo Escobar had, I'm like, this guy was lit. You know who should have had a podcast? Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Y'all would have listened. Now I gotta pee. Should we break down? Let's break down. Cutting. Okay. Let's get into some advice, though. Um. Okay. So this one is a written submission. Give it to the blind girl. <laughs> Okay. Hi, Lizzie and Ryland. To the point, my girlfriend has gained some weight. And honestly, for me, it's not that big of a deal. I still find her sexy, beautiful, and just perfect. But I do notice the weight gain has affected her emotionally and with her self-confidence. She doesn't eat the best and she tries working out but really hates it. How do I encourage her to make healthier choices without hurting her feelings or making her feel like the weight gain is a problem for me? I just want her to feel good about herself again. I mean, again, I feel like honesty is the best policy. I think uh, you can show her through your actions and your words that you think she's beautiful no matter what. And I think that can come from just complimenting her whenever you find necessary. Like Mm -hmm. when you walk into the kitchen and you're like, oh, my God, that's my is it wife or girlfriend? Uh, My girlfriend. Girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. My girlfriend. You're like so hot. Hugging her, giving her affection and being like, hey, like your weight has nothing to do with how I I view you or like doesn't take away mm-hmm. from your hotness in my mind but I've noticed like you're in your head about it you're spiraling about it and it's making you less present in our relationship which is bumming me out I wouldn't say that last part I would agree with everything that you said beforehand and don't bring up her weight gain as a thing that's bothering you because of her emotional spiral about it because that like I mean so I gained a bunch of weight and I feel 
weirdly about it because society makes me feel weird about it. Right. But there's nothing weird about it. Like, I look great. I, I my butt is beautiful. My arms are strong. My, you know, like all these things. I mean, I wouldn't say that to a friend. Like, if I... I wouldn't say that to you. If I was in a relationship with somebody and we're going on months of her not being able to function properly or not be present because she's in her head about gaining yeah. weight, I would say something about that. And that's me, but I would. I just, I mean, I just wonder. Because it's still not about how, like, it's not about. I wonder if there's a way to do it without making it about the weight. Hey, man, I noticed that you're feeling a little bit down and I just, I love you so much and. I, I hope that you can find peace and serenity in your mind because you're beautiful and wonderful and funny and I love you. You know, like a way to make it yeah. so that it's not like the conversation's not like, oh, you gained weight and now you suck. I don't like emotionally. think that's what I was saying when I was saying No, it. but like it's hard not to put that into a person's mind who's already spiraling. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, okay, take weight out of it. Say like that's you're what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I'm saying like let's say this was another scenario. Like you were in your head about something else mm -hmm. that was like you were constantly there instead of here, mm -hmm. and it's like that's affecting our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I want you to be more present with me. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's necessary. I don't think you need to like jump the gun to get there. But mm -hmm. if like you start having a conversation and that door opens up, and your girlfriend is like, "Well, yeah, I do feel like because I've gained a few pounds, I'm less confident, and that makes me be more in my head." And that like if you get to a point that's that, then you're like, "Well, I think you're beautiful at." every size and however you are and it doesn't affect how i view you but it is a bummer that like because to me it's like if our bodies function like even with having thrown my back out it's like i take so for granted on the day-to-day -day the functionality of my body and mm -hmm. i haven't been able to work out for three weeks like i prefer to work out mm -hmm. and so i'm i've reframed it in my head as like oh it's my body's so incredible. The functionality of my body is so incredible. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are made not to like look us any specific right. way. So it is like for me getting out of my head about how a body should look and its actual function. Yes. And if I'm ruining my own life or day because of my how I look, it's I need to get out of my head and be present with everything that is so full in my life. Exactly. So that's what I mean when I say that's beautifully stated. So, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I didn't mean for it to come across as like, you got to get out of your head so you can be more present with me. Yeah. And if you're not getting there with your partner, I think the safe bet is to suggest a therapist. Yeah. Always a safe bet to, su safe bet <laughs> to suggest a therapist. Sorry, I'm crashing. Um, but I also think that, you know, without saying much, you can create a healthier environment because like for me if I'm overthinking about like oh the calories I've consumed are bad I have had carbs I have had sugar I have had this I have had that I haven't worked out this many times I haven't burned this many calories like if I'm having those kinds of thoughts like I'm not a functioning person in society I'm not being of service to anybody I'm just killing myself and I'm living a really fucking horrible existence while I die right and I think that if you want to take some of that burden off the table make her dinner that'll make her feel well you know, I, I, I love queso. Queso makes me sick as a fucking dog. So it's not that I'm not eating queso because I don't, because it, I don't want to be fat. I'm not eating queso because it makes my body die. It's poison. Mm -hmm. It's outlawed in some countries. Like, that's why, like, you know, find a way 
to make positive food and flavor and joy that's not based around diet and physical appearance as a result. Yeah. It's like, I would prefer to have a salad because I don't feel like shit after I eat it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I want McDonald's. So instead of going and get a hyper-processed burger, I'm going to make myself a quarter pounder at home. Mm-hmm. Like, there are ways to satisfy yourself emotionally and physically with food in a non-toxic way. And I mean toxic mentally and physically. I think too, before you even, like before you have a conversation, you could try a thing where you just make her feel confident by feeling loved. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And see how far that can take you. Not in like an over, like a performative type of way, but like whenever it is necessary, mm-hmm. I think you could just really make her feel as though you appreciate her, you love her, you want to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. You like all of these things, despite however she's feeling in her head. Because mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's your first step before you go into a conversation that I talked about. Or I think that the second half of everything you said is great. And I also think like take weight out of it tell her i've noticed you're feeling down in the dumps and i that bums me out man because you're fucking great and i do think like you're saying also food does like chemically mess with my head like if i'm eating really unhealthy it also fucks me up mentally fucking downer it hurts it actually like it hurts Mm -hmm. you see me after i eat healthy food sometimes it fucking hurts like you know what i mean like it's 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 all about ensuring that what you're doing in everything is about love and kindness am i treating my body with love and kindness am i treating my mind with love and kindness am i using food as a punishment or a reward am i using the gym as a punishment or a reward finding an exercise that makes you feel good if you like going to yoga because at the end there's a a emotional conversation that takes place and sets you right on your path for the day when you feel aligned and spiritually and physically, or if you like going to Orange Theory because getting the euphoria of a sweat, like whatever, find the thing that makes that you brings you joy when you're doing it. Yeah. Also, being outside more helps. I find that when I'm hiking and in the sun more, like I feel better. My depression lifts more. I'm also in like the midst of like PMSing like a motherfucker right now. But it's, you know, I can manage it to some degree while still being a heinous bitch to you and feeling bad about it now in retrospect. I'm sorry I stopped you about James Vanderbeek. I'll never know what it's like to be a woman, so you're forgiven. (laughs) Thank you for understanding the fucking complication of my gender disposition. All right, you guys. Well, with that, I hope you all have a fantastic week. And thank you so much for watching and supporting our show. Follow us all on social media and we'll see you uh, maybe next week. Maybe. If not, next week I am actually doing a What I Eat in a Day as a Person Who Loves Herself. Oh, that's great. So on Lizzie, what's your channel's Lizzie Gordon. I was going to say Lizzie Vlogs. I honestly don't know what my channel is called. It might be Elizabeth Gordon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, But we'll keep you posted on social media. If we're not here, we love you so much. And we'll be back the following week. Uh, We'll see you maybe next week. We love you very much. Goodbye. And And that's that's the the sip. sip. (sighs) Ah.